are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason.
Hey everyone, welcome to Sunday on Right On Radio. Right on, right on, right on. We're so glad you are here with us and we have a really good one for you today. Uh, this is a, well, I say this all the time because I actually love the word of God, but uh, particularly love following Paul's journeys and the boldness in his spirit and uh, just the, the call on his life. And you're going to see a lot about Paul in this particular chapter today. And yes, I have great guests. Yes, I, that's plural to join me today. But I just want to start out. Um, actually, let me bring on my guests first. And I'm going to bring them on one at a time. The first one is a familiar face because she has been on Right On Radio before. But then I want to tell an interesting story about the second person that we have on. But first, let's bring in you know her as Watching Wall. Her name is Beulah. Beulah, welcome back to Right On Radio, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeff, for having me here again. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Yes, this is uh, this is just going to be good. And man, there's so much here. Uh, before I bring on the third person uh, that will be here for the study today, I just. I was reminded of something that has always struck me funny about this person. And uh, this person is in leadership uh, in Right On Radio. And uh, so you, she's a familiar person to all of you. And she's on Singing Poor. There's a uh, clue for you. And I just, when I was praying this morning and stuff, I just really had a chuckle inside when I was thinking, of her and there's two instances in particular that i remember on singing poor when she was absolutely on fire for the lord and just just putting it out there in such powerful prayer and both those times in particular that i'm thinking of and of course it's been more than the two times but uh she said you know I was just going to be quiet today. <laughs> I was just yeah. going to sit back and support everyone in prayer. <laughs> and, yes. and, the, and the Lord says, nope. That's right. That's <laughs> not right. your will, Lord, but uh, not my will, Lord, but yours. And without further ado, and I, sorry, I did that without telling her I was going to do it. But Angelina, also known as Shiloh, welcome back to Right On Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Jeff, for that introduction. Now I'm totally <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> uh, it, it was just funny, you know. Uh, and it, But it, it, it's a statement of faith, and it's a statement of God's power and your obedience to the Lord because, yeah. you know, um, we have our plans and the Lord's plans might differ. And if we can actually subject ourselves and hear the word of the Lord and be obedient. That is a good testimony to God. So thank you for that. All right. Uh, so speaking of which, let me uh, ask you, uh, Angelina, if you would just open us up in prayer before we read the word. Sure. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this Sunday morning, Lord. And I want to thank you for bringing everyone here, Lord. Lord, your word says, this is the day that you have made. And Lord, we choose to rejoice in this day, Lord. We give you thanks for this day. And Lord, as we gather, Lord, to read your word, I ask, Lord, that you will hide Jeff 
Eula, and myself behind the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, because your word says that when we lift you up, you will draw all men unto yourself. And Lord, that is what we want, Lord, for you to draw all men unto yourself, Lord, so that nothing of us will be seen, Lord, all for your glory and all for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was perfect. Thank you for that. Yeah. And it is with humility that we read the word of God. And, you know, when you think about the word of God and it was the word of God that made all creation and it's the spoken word of God and Jesus is the word and the word is alive. So when we read these scriptures to you, we're reading something. And, and, you know, if, if you're new to the faith, you might not understand, well, how can, you know, printed words on a paper be alive? But it's because they are God's words. It is the living word of God. And they are, they are only alive to those who have the Holy Spirit. And you cannot even, Einstein would not be, who's, you know, apparently a smart guy, could not understand the scriptures. You need the Holy Spirit. There's no other way to understand and when you have the holy spirit the word truly does become alive and i know many people experience the same thing that i do and it's a washing uh, when when we read the word it's like it's like these living streams of water come down upon us and clean us and and convict us and right. that is one of the greatest challenges uh for christians and and the you know because what when we all have sin in our life and but when when we have too much sin the enemy uses that against us and we do not go to our bible and i'm giving you a personal testimony here because there was a couple years in my life as a christian that i did not want to read the word of god because of the conviction that it put on me i would literally open up the bible read one or two verses and be bawling my eyes out because of the conviction of how i had hurt the Lord. Um, and not that I had gone against him or anything. I'd gone against myself. I'd listened to my flesh and I knew better. So, you know, if you're struggling with reading the word of God right now, I just want to encourage you go and do it anyways, because it's the only way out of this. It's the only way out of it. it break that curse that's been put upon you because the enemy is a legalistic break that curse, get into the word, get washed clean, repent, and live your life. Amen. Amen. All right, so what we're going to do here, and uh, and I'll start off by reading, and uh, perhaps uh, we'll get uh, Beulah to read the, uh, the middle section. I'll read, you know, to the first break, I'll probably read about 13 or 15 scriptures, and then uh, and then you can read, there's 41 uh, verses in this, and then Angelina, if you could carry out the rest then we're going to break it down because there's a lot in here but just as a as a preemptive thing it's one of the things that you should know about ephesus and and obviously there's the book of ephesians there's a book of uh of first and second timothy so ephesians is very very important and there was a uh you know a lot of the word went out from ephesians but ephesians uh, or ephesus essentially was the center of the occult okay so this is a very occultic city 
and yet it was very important. And there's four books because even in Revelations, uh, there's the letter to Ephesus. But what we have to understand is the stronghold has been so strong there. And essentially, there is no word of God there now. It's Islam. So, you know, when we, as we go through this, uh, please keep in mind that these people need prayer in that, uh, you know, in, in the Turkey area and, uh, you know, Asia Minor, so they say, um, really, really need prayer because there's strongholds there right now that need to be broken. And there's a lot of people who have been deceived by the occult. And that's who it is. It's by the occult. It's by Lucifer. So let's keep that in mind as we read this. And I think, Angie, is there a lot of noise coming from your microphone? Or is it raining there or something? No. Okay, I'll just mute myself for the time being. Yeah, it is your mic. I, we're hearing a lot of noise, a lot of static that's coming from it. But okay, so, so just turn it on when you, when you go to speak then. Thank you, Angie. All right, let's get into the word. Now it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, on the contrary, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then? Were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, and that is in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. And he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months, having discussions and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people, he withdrew from them and took the disciples away with him. And he discussed, and he had discussed daily in the school of Tyrannus. This took place for two years so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs and aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to use the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I order you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now there were seven sons of Shiva, a Jewish chief priest doing this, but the evil responded, evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus, 
And I know of Paul, but who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit dwelt leaped upon them so violently against them that they dashed out of the house in fear, stripped naked and wounded. And this became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and alarm and terror fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled and magnified. Many also of those who were now believers came making full confession and thoroughly exposing their former deceitful and evil practices. And many of those who had practiced curious magical arts collected their books and burned them in the sight of everybody. When they counted the value of them, they found it amounted to 50,000 pieces of silver. Thus the word of the Lord grew and spread and intensified, prevailing mightily. Now, after these events, Paul determined in the Holy Spirit that he would travel through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem saying, after I had been there, I must visit Rome also. And having sent two of his assistants, Timothy and Erastus, into Macedonia, he himself stayed on in the province of Asia for a while. And but as time went on, there rose no little disturbances concerning the way of the Lord. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of the goddess Artemis, or in the uh, Roman Diana, brought no small income to his craftsmen. There he called together along with the workmen of similar trades and said, Men, you are acquainted with the facts and understand that from this business we derive our wealth and livelihood. Now you notice and hear that not only at Ephesus, but almost all over the province of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and induced people to believe his teaching and has alienated a considerable company of them, saying that gods that are not that are made with human hands are not really gods at all. Angie? So from verse 27, not only is there danger that this trade of ours fall into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis be regarded as worthless, and that she whom all of Asia and the world worship will even be dethroned from her magnificence. When they heard this and were filled with rage, they began crying out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. And when Paul wanted to go into the assembly, the disciples would not let him, and some of the Asia, Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and repeatedly urged him not to venture into the theater. So then, some were shouting one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion and the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. 
some of the crowd concluded it was Alexander, since the Jews had put him forward, and having mentioned with his hand, Alexander was intending to make a defense to the assembly. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, a single outcry arose from them all as they shouted for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. After quieting the crowd, the town clerk said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there after all who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of the image which fell down from heaven? So since these are undeniable facts, you ought to keep calm and to do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers or temples nor blasphemers of our goddess. So then, if Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a complaint against any man, the courts are in session and proconsuls are available. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you want anything beyond this, it shall be settled in the lawful assembly. For indeed, we are in danger of being accused of a riot in connection with today's events, since there is no real cause for it. And in this connection, we will be unable to account for this disorderly gathering. After saying this, he dismissed the assembly. Amen. Amen. There's so much in this chapter. Oh my goodness. It's like you could, you could, the book of Acts really should be about 55 chapters. There should be, right, <laughs> you know, in between because there's just so much and, uh, and it, and it moves very, very fast. You know, this yes, is covering yes. years, um, you know, just in this one chapter. And by the way, you'll notice that, uh, it says he, uh, Paul was teaching there for about two years. And then when we get to the next chapter, it's going to say, but he was in, a, in Ephesus for three years. And you'll understand why, because there was a few months outside of it, but two years in the, uh, the school that he was teaching in. And, uh, and the gospel grew mightily from that. So let's just, uh, he came into Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So the word of John's ministry had gone forth and people were baptized into repentance, but they had not known about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. And, and so we have two baptisms here. One is a baptism of repentance, and the other one is a baptism into Jesus, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and of fire, as what the, the, the Lord said in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Uh, when John said that there is one that comes after me, he will baptize you in the Spirit and in fire. Yep, that's right. So the baptism of, the, of fire is something that is um, not to be taken lightly. In fact, we begin with repentance, but that's not the end, and that's not where it stays. It moves on to baptism of fire and the baptism into the Lord Jesus, where we take on and where we partake of Him. 
uh, of his life on this earth, of his crucifixion and his resurrection life, and of his fire and the fire of his power. So, you see, when when Jesus, when he when he ministered on earth, the very first thing that he did was baptism of water, right, with John, and then thereafter was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then his ministry began when the Spirit drove him into the wilderness where he went through the fasting of 40 days to be tempted of the enemy and where he overcame the temptation of Satan and he came out and began his ministry unto men. So everything started with the baptism of repentance, turning away, then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot go further with impact. We can't in, in this time that we're in because he has sent the comforter. He has sent his Holy Spirit, who, by the way, is fully God. Okay. <laughs> Just yes. fully God. And uh, is there a hierarchy? Yeah, apparently so. You know, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, however, uh, they are fully God. And uh, will this will all be revealed to us at some point in time in much greater detail. But what I love about this particular section here is this is actually giving instruction for the sinner's prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, so it isn't like we have to say three separate prayers, but these elements should be in the sinner's prayer. Uh, you cannot do the sinner's prayer, uh, which is which is basically taking the purchased ticket because the ticket was purchased for you, okay? Yes. Your, your ticket to go through that narrow gate into heaven was purchased for you by Jesus' blood on the cross. So this is saying, hey, I'm going to take that ticket. But in order for you to take that ticket and take that opportunity to spend eternity in God's kingdom, you have to repent. You have to say, because Jesus died for your sins, so you have to accept that offer that Jesus gave. And you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And by the way, uh, a lot of people, a hindrance in coming to the cross, they think, oh, well, now there's all these rules and stuff like that. And this is why I'm doing this new goggles series, because we're not under the law. Should we obey the law? Yes, of course we should. Uh, that's God's instruction for us to live. But Jesus did more to set us free than any other person, entity, or anything in the history of the world, in the history of civilization. He set us free of these things. So it's not a bunch of rules that you're accepting. It's the freedom in Christ that you're accepting. And you're accepting the God himself to enter into your body, into your temple. So we come into repentance. We off, we accept the gift of salvation from Jesus, who is our mediator. And by the way, this is the next thing of, of New Goggles. So I'm going to do it quickly for you guys because it ties into this chapter so perfectly. Uh, this is God's timing, not Jeff. Jeff didn't plan this. Uh, this is God's time. I'm not that smart, folks, uh, to, to master plan this timing to come out this way, just the way it did. But then when we accept Jesus Christ, he sends his Holy Spirit into us. And that is the greatest, well, the greatest gift is 
I don't know if you, you can't compare. Um, look, we, we get God himself entering us and we can enter his kingdom. So hallelujah. Yes, amen. You know, it's interesting that, um, you know, when you mentioned about the commandments, when when, the, when Jesus rose from the grave and that he fulfilled all the law of the commandments. And you see, the first commandment for us is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, spirit, and strength, right? And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. But how do we... What, what did the Lord mean that when he has fulfilled all the law? You see, when we love the Lord, when we love the Lord and we enter into love for him, the love that kept him on the cross is also the love that keeps us from walking into sin. And so with when we have the love of God in us, through us, pouring out, uh, uh, out of us for others, it keeps us from desiring to enter into sin. That's not to say that we will not because we are men, we are flesh. And But the thing is that when we fall or when we trip and fall there is always this place that we can come into repentance before the lord see with a sincere heart and then and then let the lord uh, pick us up again you know so when we walk in the love of the lord when we love the god first that love preserves and keeps us it keeps our heart and therefore it keeps us from wanting to walk into sin we can try to keep the law with our own flesh, but we have seen in the scripture how the children of Israel failed drastically because that's human nature. But now with the life of the Lord Jesus and, and with the baptism of the Spirit in us, the baptism of Christ in us, we have the love of God in us. The kind of love that Jesus has when he walked on earth. He walked on earth as man and he loved the Lord. And then with the resurrection life and the baptism of his Holy Spirit, we can now have the kind of love Jesus had when he walked on earth. Just ask him. Yeah, it's like, I remember when I first um, accepted the Lord as my Savior and Lord, I was so, how would I put it? so in love with him. You know, I would just spend hours, you know, reading the word and spend that time in in prayer in worship he was just worshiping him and it's like the sweet fellowship it's like it was so sweet i didn't want to leave his presence i didn't want to leave him you know and it was like i didn't have time to sin because i was with him you know so yeah it, that what you said is so right it is and by the way, uh, I want you guys to hang on till the very end because I'm going to have an announcement that uh, you don't want to miss because it's something that is happening this week that is a, a little unusual for us to do. Uh, actually, two things uh, that I'm going to be announcing at the end of this broadcast. So make sure to stick around. And this one might go a little bit long because there's a lot in here. Uh, and I know you're going to have, uh, both of you are going to have something to say about this, but, uh, and when Paul laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. Uh, we could go on for hours about just the 12, but let's just, I want to focus on, he laid hands upon them. The Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues. Can anyone say Pentecost all over? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. 
And, and by the way, uh, Eric on the Saturday night sermon, probably about a month ago, really addressed this uh, topic in, in excellence because there's still some banter in the church about tongues and stuff like that. Look, people, you can't argue with the scripture. Tongues are real. It, what, it, and if you're into dispensationalism, uh, God isn't. I'm confident in saying that. Uh, this is available to us now. Um, not everyone gets tongues right away. Not everyone does. Be very clear about that. So don't doubt your salvation. Uh, sometimes God has to work things out in your life before you get tongues. And then, but you have to pray and ask God for that gift. And if you pray and ask God and actually, you know, when you pray, start to worship and stuff and, you know, but through worship is how I got the gift of tongues. It was through worship. Yeah. And so, um, but I didn't get tongues right away. It took me several years before I got the gift of tongues. And and I can only speak for myself, but I have a suspicion if I had gotten the gift of tongues right away, I may have used it to edify myself in front of other Christians. Oh. Right? And so when we go back to Angie's, prayer at the very beginning we want to hide behind the cross we don't want to take any glory from god and i think god it was probably his mercy on my life because i came from a very prideful background you know that's who i was and that's you know why testimony is so great because i'm not that guy anymore amen i i remember i know this um this young girl who was a uh when I first knew her, she was not saved. And then later on, uh, she started going to church with my son. And then eventually, uh, she became a believer. But she was not baptized. And uh, so one day when they were in service, they had this um, they have this thing that before service, about 15 minutes or 30 minutes before, before service start, they, the youth, they would, they would come together and they would worship the Lord in a very worshipful manner and she was in the midst of them and what happened was that she has always she has desired to be baptized but she didn't know how and she didn't speak with anyone about it either but lord the, but the lord saw the desire in her heart and when she was in the midst of of the youth worshiping the lord the lord touched her right there and then there was nobody around her um, I mean, everybody was gathering around, but nobody was like near her to touch her. Nobody touched her, but the presence of the Lord came upon her. And she started speaking in tongues. She started, she opened her mouth and it started coming forth. And that was how she knew she got baptized in the spirit by the Lord himself. But you know what? So speaking of tongues, so there's always an action. So she had to open her mouth. Yes. Right? Yes. Think about it. That's right. You want the gift of tongues? Open your mouth. That's right. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you had to open by faith. And uh, the the conscious mind will, criti will, will criticize. You, you mm. can't be sure of that. You will criticize and tell you you're babbling nonsense. You're, you're just being a fool and uh, blah, yada, 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 yada. Yes. But, like how we approach God, God says that when you come to me, you have to believe that I am. You have to approach me in faith. Likewise, what 
everything that we receive of the Lord, we receive by faith because faith is a kingdom currency. Faith is, is the way of the kingdom. So when we approach God, when we receive from Him, we receive by faith. The same way we receive our repentance, we receive our salvation, it's all by faith. So just come before the Lord, open a, open a mouth and, and let loose, let it go. Your voice has to be heard, your voice has to be uttered. And then let the Lord take you from there. The easy way is to praise the Lord. That's the easiest way. Just praise <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. Right. And I wish and, I could sing like the two of you. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, we could only, I don't know. For me, I could only sing up to a certain range, and, and that's it. But well, yeah, use my the, voice use is the voice. not pleasing to man, but it is pleasing to God. Absolutely, <laughs> amen. That. Yes, that's, yep, right. that's right. That's right. Music to his ears. <laughs> yes. So All there right. is a baptism of tongue, and there is a prophecy. Prophesy. The tongue is an unknown language. It is for God. It is unknown because only God can understand it. You see, this one thing: the kingdom of darkness hates. Christians speaking in tongues and praying in tongues because they do not understand a word. But God understands. So pray in tongues. That, that, that when we pray in tongues, you edify your own spirit. The more you pray in tongues, the, the stronger your spirit man. You grow your spirit man besides the word. You nourish it with tongue. Mix it together. Read the word, pray in tongues. Read the word, pray in tongues. Pray in the spirit. And that's how your spirit man will elevate, will grow quicker. There is a verse in First Corinthians. Am I taking too long, Jeff? No, no. Okay. There is a verse in um, First Corinthians chapter 14 where Paul talks pretty much extensively about this. He says uh, in verse 2, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no one understands or catches his meaning, because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truth and hidden things. When we pray in the Spirit and we speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit utters secret truth and revelations and hidden things in the tongue. When you pray in tongue and you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit utters through your tongue secret things and accuracy about the things that you're praying for. Many times when I don't have the English words, when I don't have the vocabulary to pray for some something, I don't have the, the mental understanding, I pray in tongues. And as I go into pray in tongues, not just blab babbling with words, but pray in the spirit. Your, fo your focus, your attention has to be in the Lord, in the spirit. Pray in tongues. And as I continue praying in that, I go with the, with the flow of the spirit. And then the understanding, the interpretation of what the tongue I was praying in tongues for came. And I understood what I was praying. That is the interpretation of tongues. So when you pray that way, you can rest assured you will be like the arrow polish of the Lord that the Lord shoots forth into the, the things that you're praying, into the matter that you're praying. And we don't want to pass by prophesy because the scripture says that all are called to prophesy. So what does it mean to prophesy? Well, the testament of Jesus, the things that Jesus testified is the spirit of prophecy. 
So when when you are inspired by the Holy Spirit to utter something, or a understanding drop into you by the Holy Spirit, that is a testament of Jesus that He's revealing truth, inspiring you with the truth. And when you speak it out, that becomes a prophetic word, that becomes a prophecy. But it, it cannot be something that you imagine, uh, something that you think with your own human understanding. This is totally by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Revelations chapter 19, verse 10 talks about it. It says, um, For the substance or the essence of the truth revealed by Jesus is the spirit of all prophecy. The testimony Amen. of Jesus, the testament of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So Paul tells us, desire all gifts, desire that you may prophesy. Because the prophetic word speaks and delivers life. It is the life, it's the word of the Lord, inspired by the Lord. It's a living, breathing word of the Lord. It breathes life. When you release a prophetic word, it edifies, it, it nourishes, it admonishes, it fulfills the intent that God sent the word for. That is moving in the Holy Spirit. So speaking of which, I had other plans after we finished the book of Acts, but I think I just heard from the Lord what we're to do next after we finish Acts. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Angie, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. And I just love the way that this is word, be worded because it doesn't say Paul was out there doing these great miracles of God. It says, no, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Yeah, this, this reminds me of what uh, Jesus says in if I remember, it's in the Gospel of Mark where he says that greater things shall you do than what I've done. And I'm paraphrasing. So this is a greater thing. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like Peter's shadow just, or, you know, in this case, Paul's handkerchief, apron. They just go there and let him touch it and then put it on the, on the, people that that need healing it's like wow when jesus was here he, he prophesied it he said that it would happen and so it's like amazing so yeah powerful and and when you think about these things so remember paul was a tent maker so paul you know was working and he was working with his hands and he was getting dirty and when you look up what handkerchiefs actually is it's like a sweatband so because it's hot there, you know, they would wrap cloth around their heads and stuff like that to keep the sweat out of their eyes. And their aprons were in front of their clothes so they could wipe their dirty hands on. So these are dirty, sweaty rags that people were taking and they were getting healed by them. <laughs> only God. Amen. Yeah, only God. Amen. And so the filth of man through God's power 
was healing the sick and evil spirits were leaving them. So it brings up a question in my mind, and it's been a debate. Uh, We probably won't solve it right now. But when we are sick, does that mean an evil spirit is in us? I don't think so. Uh, But a lot of people say that. There's a possibility, but I won't say it's every case. No. Sometimes it's our own folly. We don't take care of ourselves and, you know, consequence. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And there's bacteria, you know. So this part gets very, very interesting. Um, so the, the people are getting, there's these extraordinary miracles, but then some of the Jewish exorcists. And, you know, you kind of think of this as, you know, someone who's doing it for money, right? Uh, like a deliverance ministry today, you know. Um, you know, listen, to you will get delivered, but as confirmation for your deliverance, sow in a gift of seed faith or, you know, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, you know, these types of guys. And they went from place to place, but they knew, they saw this was working. So they decided to use the name of Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, I order you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And uh, then it goes out, there were seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish chief priest, doing this. So there were seven of them going out, doing this and saying, uh, in the name of this guy's God. So this is where it gets really interesting to me, because they order them out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. and But the evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know of Paul, but who are you? So do you realize the dangerous place that these people put themselves in? And if there's fake preachers out there that are doing this, man, you're going up against the devil with no protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You you know, Jeff, what I I noticed about this too, and we backtrack a little bit, there is a preaching of the word, and then there were opposition because there was a hardening of hearts and unbelief. And then Paul had to separate himself from them. And he took with him the disciples with him. And they continue to study and the teaching of the word. They continue to feed on the word. So when there is there is a when you're reading the word and there are voices of doubt and unbelief coming your way separate yourself you gotta got your ear gate your eye gate do not let the leaven come into you because that can steal and rob you away of your faith Mm. so paul separated himself so we have that is also a way of consecration sanctify separate sanctify means to separate unto god so separate ourselves from things that will cool down our faith from growing, from things that will seed discouragement into our heart. So we got to be watchful of that. And then when when Paul continued in that, the study of the word, the growing and the flourishing of the word comes with demonstration of the power of the word. Yes. The fruit of the word because the word is living and it is life 
And so when we we when we feast on the word of God, the living, breathing word of God through the Holy Spirit, not through doctrines and logic, but through the Holy Spirit, there will always come the fruit that testi testifies to the word because the Spirit testifies the truth, testifies the word. There will always be a demonstration. And we're told to test the spirits by right. the to fruit, right? That's right. So how do we know these people who come, like these guys here, who come claiming, calling on God's name, call, you know, and, and but yet they know they do not know God. Mm -hmm. And also, here's something else, and, and I'll have you chime in on this, Angelina. But it, here's an interesting question. Because the evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus. Of course they do, because he threw them out of uh, heaven, <laughs> you know. And uh, and they said, and I know of Paul. So let me just ask you in the audience and put this in the comments. Do the demons in hell know your name? I would sure hope so. <laughs> I hope he knows my name. Yeah, me too. Put it in the chat. Does the do the demons in hell know your name? And if they don't, get off the couch, <laughs> shut off this program, and start attacking the gates of hell, folks. This is a Stop war. Praying. It's a spiritual war. And uh, if they don't know you, well, they should. They know my name. I'm telling you that. How do I know it? <laughs> because they come at me. And God protects me. Yeah, sometimes we get hurt a little bit, get roughed up a little bit. That's okay. You know, sometimes not totally prepared. Uh, you know, haven't uh, taken the dings out of the armor. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, listen, God protects you. Yes, he does. Sometimes he let us go through the, the knobs, but that is to toughen up and train the warrior, train us up in the spirit. Yeah, and um, I if, I forget where in the New Testament it says that those that want to walk holy um, should expect persecution. So, yeah, this is a form of like persecution. So, yeah. And so when we get into verse 16, what happens to these guys who decided to go against principalities and uh, have no power behind them? Well, the evil spirit pounced on them, subdued all of them, overpowered them, and they fled out of the house naked and wounded. They became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jew and Greek, and fear fell. So this was so God used this to glorify himself and draw many men into him. But these people were not only beaten up, they were humiliated. They, they had to run through town naked, bruised, and beat up by demons. Yeah. Yeah, right. So there is always, the things of God cannot be 
imitated. They, they cannot. Um, how should I say this? They, they cannot work it out. There is no way you can work out the things of God. It has to be by God. It has to be by the Lord. And so yeah. when the false try to do and pretend or make it like, you know, make it for them, it will not work. Yeah, what is true right. will be true. That's right. And um, Jesus himself said, there will be those that say to him on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name and so on and so forth. But then he turns around and he says to them, away from me, I do not know you. Oh, that is terrible. Oh, I just got a great comment here. So they not only know my name, but they know the things that weaken me and they try to use it against me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they watch you. Uh, they know everything about you. And uh, that's why we, uh, and that's a comment for those of you who are listening. And uh, it's it's just a very real thing. Thank you for putting that in there, Shane. Uh, they, they do want to use the weaknesses against you. You have weaknesses of the flesh. The tempter will come in. You know the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, right? And they'll whisper to you, saying, "No, you should do. You deserve that." You know, it's it, the playbook is the same. Go back to the very first lie in the Garden of Eden, and you know it's just it's always a manipulation of that lie. And so you can overcome it by the Holy Spirit. Uh, pick up your Bible, read it. Uh, look, yesterday even, you know. Uh, some things were coming into my mind, and, it, and it's because I knew I was supposed to do a couple things that were powerful yesterday, and the Lord used me in a couple instances in a, in a I, I'd say, a pretty significant way yesterday. But before that, the enemy was trying to get me off my game, and he was whispering in my ear, and I listened for a second. Look, I'm human, you know, but then I, I literally opened up the Bible, and I started reading this, <laughs> you know. And uh, that was it. Okay, on onward, onward we go. Amen. Amen. So again, when they when the people of the town saw, because these were Jewish exorcists, right? These were prominent people in the town. They just got totally beaten up by demons, and uh, and I'm sure they even told testified. To what happened because you know you, you got to have some explanation why you ran through town naked and bruised you know so um they came in and uh many of them who have kept coming confessing and disclosing their practices and many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone hallelujah and then it Amen. says and they and they added it up, and it was like 50,000 pieces of silver. And look, I I don't know how what the what the number is today, but if I had 50,000 pieces of silver in my possession, I'd think I'm doing fairly well today, right? <laughs> so imagine yes, what yeah. it was like 2,000 years ago. That's right. It's each also interesting that they did not burn it behind closed doors secretly when no one knows 
they did it out in the open. It's a public declaration in front of everybody, everyone. It's a testimony. Yeah, oh, that's really and, interesting. Yeah, that's right. And in the book of Revelation, it says that the enemy is overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So, Amen. yeah, it has to be a public Amen. That's, That's right. Declaration. That's right. <laughs> oh, I could give testimony of who I was before this, before I became <laughs> saved, but I will not. <laughs> I can imagine, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll tell you off air. <laughs> uh, but there there was a a book and record burning near me, and. Uh, I wasn't saved. Let me just say that. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, listen, folks, your testimony begins when you're saved, not before you're saved. So, yeah. you know, sometimes we can give clues to, uh, look, it, it, now that I know what I did, it was bad. <laughs> you know, no one yeah. got hurt, but it was bad. And, uh, and you know, that's a testimony of God's conviction on my life that I know it was bad now. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, hallelujah. So I don't want to give the enemy any credit, but uh, God saved us from, saved me from things. You know, again, you know, I was, uh, I was in the music, I was into the music and, you know, all kinds of things. I was seeking fame at one point in time in my life. Uh, by the way, I don't do this podcast for fame, not at all. In fact, I consider fame a curse. I don't want fame at all, uh, but the Lord has given me a platform to give his word out and to enter into this fight. So I stand behind the cross, as Angie said, man, I, that was the perfect prayer, Angelina. It really was the perfect prayer today. Amen. She's a warrior, Jack. I know. Oh, no, no, no. I always pray that when I'm like, when I'm up serving. So I always pray, God, don't let people see me. Let them only see you, and let them, and let them be drawn to you. You know, so like today in church, I was up um, singing in the you know leading the congregation in praise and worship singing, and so before before it started, I was like, God, my voice is croaky. You know, I sound weird. You know, all this stuff, and then, and then um, I just okay, no God, just hide me behind your cross and let them see you. That's it. That's it. That's the most secure place to be, the safest place to be. Amen. And thank you, DKNY. This is a great chapter. It teaches then and now what's to come. Amen. And she also says, yes, Angie, behind the cross. Hallelujah. All right. So let's carry on with the chapter. Uh, so after these things finished, Paul resolved in the spirit. And right there, just Paul resolved in the spirit. So he knew he was having a conversation with God to go to Jerusalem. And after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, saying, after I have been there, I must see Rome. And after he sent into Macedonia, two of those who assisted him, Timothy and Erastus, 
he himself stayed in Asia for a little while. And so he was sending them just to get to pick up an offering. So he wanted to get the money gathered because he was going to pass through, pick up the donation and then bring it to, to Rome just to give, or to, to Jerusalem for the, the, the church, which was really struggling as the opposition was in Jerusalem. And I would probably suggest to you today that the opposition is still in Jerusalem. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, like in, in Jerusalem, even today, those who have become believers in Jesus Christ, they are persecuted badly. You know, it's, it's really hard there. So it's still happening. So I don't make political commentary during Bible studies very often, but I feel compelled to say this, particularly for those of you who are in the United States. It has been repeated often, uh, often enough in the mainstream media that the evangelical Christians are repeating this. We must continue to support Israel and send them our money and our defense. We have to defend Israel. And I just ask you, where in the Bible does it say America has to defend Israel? I'm not saying we shouldn't help out peaceful de democracy, you know, because freedom, you know, they're surrounded by Islam and stuff like that. But when we consider where is the headquarters for the synagogue of Satan. And yet the media constantly says we need to support it. So if the media and the prince of the air is constantly saying this to you, perhaps it's time to just to make an examination of the issue. So I'm not saying one way or the other, but perhaps it's time to settle that issue in our own hearts and see where we stand on Israel. There is a difference. That's all I could say. Yeah, because in the Bible, Israel is the believers. Egypt is the non-believers. Mm -hmm. Right? It isn't necessarily a geography. We need to stand by the believers. Yes, worldwide. How about those in the underground churches in China? Mm -hmm. We need to stand behind them. Mm -hmm. We should stop doing business with China until they get their stuff in order. No, but the greater the persecution, the greater the increase. And that is what the enemy hates. So bring it on, Satan. Bring it on. Yeah, and the <laughs> increase is happening in China. Uh, these people are, the people who are believers there, they will do anything to get a hold of the scriptures and, and they, they risk their lives to meet everything. In fact, I just, right now, I just feel Lord Jesus, just I pray for the protection of those underground churches, not only in China, yes, but in, in other places where your word has prohibited. I think of the, the amount of uh, persecution going on in places like New Zealand, uh, in South Africa, Lord, even in North America right now, the uh, Christians are becoming the enemies of the uh, of the state, Father God. And we say thank you for that. We know that uh, if we were part of this world, we would not be with you. 
So, Father, the fact that they call us out means we're moving in greater power, and it is your power that we're moving, and we say hallelujah. Amen. And bless Amen. those underground churches. All right. So uh, about that time, a major disturbance occurred in regard to the way. And I just, can we go back to using this language instead of like, instead of calling ourselves Christians, which is mentioned about th maybe three times in the Bible, uh, depending on the version you have. But, you know, we're called to be disciples in the way. That's right. Jesus is the way. He's the truth of life. So why don't we just start calling ourselves the way? I think it's actually a more accurate uh, description of who we are. Yes. We're disciples in the way. Yes. Amen. I totally agree on that. The way right. of the Lord. So let, let us know in the in the chat. Um, would you agree to making a, a kind of a language change, at least in an hour community, to the way? It's biblical. I think it's more accurate. You should become a Christian. No, you should know the way. Has more power, doesn't it? Of, yep, you should be a follower of the way, a disciple of the way. Yeah, because Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Amen. Amen. All right. So when the uh, this disturbance occurred for a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who makes silver shrines of Artemis was bringing considerable business to the craftsmen. So I just want to start there. So Artemis, and I'm glad you pointed it out in Roman, it was Diana. And Diana is the entity that had a stronghold over Ephesus. There's a huge, was a huge temple to Diana there. It was the, the Ephesus. That's why I say this was the center of the occult, okay? And uh, so who is Diana or Artemis? She is, she was considered the goddess of fertility and goddess of the hunt. And she was apparently the daughter of Zeus. And I think there's a, there's a little hidden thing that not many Christians will pick up on that we're going to get to about the identity of this entity. You know, so people see the statue and they worship the statue. In fact, women in Ephesus, uh, if they were trying to get pregnant, would often pray to Diana to get pregnant. So the enemy had women putting curses on their babies before they're conceived. Do you see this? Wow. I didn't know that. And, yeah, I didn't know that either. And she was the goddess of the hunt. And we've all heard now about the hunting parties, and they're portrayed, and they even tell us on TV, you know, the, the hunting games or whatever it's called, the hunger games. And uh, and and seriously, uh, this is very important. You know, you've heard that saying. In fact, Nancy Pelosi said it. Uh, Let them eat cake. Well, that's what the what they would say before they release the children, before they're hunted down by their hunting parties. Wow. They would say, oh, let them eat cake. And then they would release them naked into the woods to be chased down, hunted, and killed. These people are so sick. 
this is the enemy that we fight. And that's why I say, does the enemy know your name? Because you better get into the fight. Time is short. Do you want to stand before the Lord and say, yeah, I knew all this. I watched all these YouTube programs, but I did nothing. I didn't join the prayer against this. Like, folks, if that's the least that you do, join the prayer. Come together. And you don't have to pray with us. You might not like us. But join the prayer. Get someone who is another disciple in the way, a follower of Christ, and pray against this stuff. Give worship to your God. Ask him to forgive your sin. Like just the Lord's prayer was a great template. And then come against this stuff. When you do this, the devil will know your name. And when you get before the Lord Jesus, because yes, you will stand before the Lord Jesus, you can at least not have the shame of saying, I knew and I did nothing. And by the way, that is the exact reason why this podcast was started. When I had heard about the kids in the tunnels and particularly, in particular, that is when I said, I will not go and stand before my Lord and say, I knew and I did nothing nothing. What would you have me do? And I had a podcast. That's it, folks. Amen. That's you know, it. Jeff, when, when, when you talk about the uh, hunting games, you know, I was immediately reminded of the vision, or is it a dream that you had? Where you saw them being let out naked in a yeah. public display and they mm. met their judgment yeah what they inflicted upon the children they will reap the harvest of it themselves they they absolutely will they will come out be naked and be hanged that's what i saw now uh, i trust that was from god we'll see um that's mm. a that was a kind of a bold statement and we'll see if it holds true i believe it will hold true yes and we're going to see some of these people, they will literally be paraded out naked. And, and uh, you know, I'm just going to go back to when I said that on air, because not everyone catches every episode or anything like that. The naked part isn't a for sexual reasons or anything. I want to be very clear. It's so that everyone knows. And there will be men, women, children watching this. And you'll say, because this person has already been convicted, okay? It's already been proven of their guilt and they will be rolled out and it'll be that person was powerful. That person had a spell on us. That person who, you know, is a lawmaker or whatever the person's title is wrote words on a paper and we obeyed it. That person. Hallelujah. Lord, make it so. Yeah, I had a, a dream or vision, I don't know, some, some time back of our leader here in Singapore naked, chained up, and paraded. Wow. So, yeah, I saw it and like, look, it's like God showed me and I didn't even realize all this was happening back then. Um, 
it was quite some time back, a number of years. And then uh, now it's like, oh, aha, uh-huh, I get it for sure. Actually, in Singapore, don't they cane people naked? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, they do. They do. So what happens is those people that are um, they need they they got a sentence of caning. So what they do is the they are stripped naked and they are placed against like face against the wall, and then. They will get one stroke on the butt, and the and the cane is about I think this thick. It's like five canes, thin ones, bundled together, and they are soaked in water. And then when oh, they whip, wow. when they whip the prisoner, the butt, like the skin breaks. And the prisoner has to rest for one month, and then go for another, for another whip. So they cannot, they cannot like once they're whipped, they cannot lie on their back. They have to lie face down or on their side because skin is torn. Well, I'll tell you that's better than locking someone up in a criminal college, which is called jail. Uh, I think shame is one of the best ways to bring correction into someone's life shame in front of the community that's a that's interesting all right let's carry on this is gonna i knew this was gonna go long you know what this was a godsend that you two were here and i mentioned to you a few weeks ago that i'd like to have both of you here and then i put you on the spot as i like to do um, amen so one of the things that's interesting here, so Demetrius is a silversmith, and so the, this riot that happens is because with this Temple of Diana, you have to realize that uh, you know any tourist attraction you go to, like if you went to the Eiffel Tower, uh, there's going to be like Eiffel Tower gift shops all around it. And because this Temple of Diana was so magnificent uh, in its stature and you know the architecture and everything else, there would be, you know, these basically tourist gift shops all around it. And these guys are making a fortune. So when Paul comes in and he's talking about the way, people say, I don't want to buy that trinket. That's not of God, right? Mm -hmm. So you hit the business people's pocketbooks. And uh, so they they start to organize and they want to come against the way. Isn't this familiar where the power of mammon takes hold of people? You know, even if a truth is presented, but if the altar in the heart is to the spirit of mammon or to the pride and greed of life, when that is threatened, the kind of things that they will do to oppose is familiar, isn't it? Well, and, and I've said this a million times on the podcast. Why did Jesus say you cannot serve both mammon and me? He didn't say right. the devil. He said mammon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Um, and and this is this is the spirit of mammon upon these guys. And and listen, I you can understand if you don't know the Lord, and some guys coming into town saying, "Don't buy this guy's stuff." 
you know, look, it's a normal reaction, you would think, right? You know, you want to, pro but these guys were getting rich doing this. Mm -hmm. So they're not only getting rich, they're powerful. And uh, so he gathered in verse 25, these men together with the workmen of similar trades. He said, you know that our prosperity depends upon this business. So you see and only hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people, saying that gods made by hands are not gods at all. True. So not only is there a danger that our that this trade of ours will fall into respute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be regarded as worthless, and that she, whom all of Asia and the world worship, even in dethroned from her magnificence. So see, see, they're really defending this uh, this idol, right? <laughs> Commandment number one, <laughs> you know, it's like, but these guys don't get it. They're not part of it. Even the Jews got that, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. The Jews never had all these uh, statues and things like that. It was, you know, because they, they believe the commandments. They have the Torah. So when all these business people get together and they heard this, they were filled with rage. Now, what, what's the contrast if from the very first part of this chapter? We have the 12 disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit. These guys who worship mammon are being filled with rage. Where does that come from? Which side are they on? Very, very telling. And so they started shouting, saying, Great is Artemis of, of the Ephesians or Diana. And the city was filled with confusion. So they're filled with rage. And now there's a confusion. Who's the author of confusion? That's right. Definitely not the Lord. So, and they rush. To, so you see the opposition always has the devil behind it. This is the devil's yeah. work coming against yeah. Paul, using these entities, and there are entities. Mammon is an entity. Diana is an entity. And we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to, it's, it's, it's a stretch the way I'm going to prove this later on in this chapter, but it's a stretch, but I think you're going to agree with me. Um, so they're filled with confusion. They rushed into the theater, dragging along Gaius and our Aristarchus, yeah, I had trouble with that one too. <laughs> uh, Paul's Macedonian traveling companions, and Paul wanted to go into the assembly, um, but the disciples would not let him. So, first of all, these people want to rip Paul to shreds. They're filled yeah. with rage. There's confusion. There's, you know, all these different things. And Paul, <laughs> okay, I'll go. What a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fearless, uh, totally fearless. But because he knew he knew who his God was. He knew who the Lord is. Yeah, Paul I don't know. Like he, he just he knew he was gonna get a beating everywhere he went, and yet he goes, right? Um But that's that didn't stop him. That's that that's not even a pebble or a rock in front of him. It doesn't no. even stumble his way. Lord, that's how Faith of God. How, yeah, solid rock. This yeah. walk with the Lord. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like Paul's faith. Like you know, before he was Paul, when he was Saul, 
he was the one persecuting the Christians. And then when he was there, he witnessed the stoning of Stephen. I think that touched him and it changed him. And then he had that uh, Damascus Road experience where the Lord personally visited him. It was like, wow. Yeah, and so what's interesting here, though, is the disciples would not let him. And the point I think that, that I glean from this scripture here is the disciples had true wisdom. And Paul was fearless. He was, you know, he just, he didn't care. He wanted to go out Um but the disciples, and you got to think there, if there's, you know, 12 people around you saying, no, we're hearing differently from God, but you think you should go, I think you should need to listen to the 12 people. <laughs> right? There, there's, yes. there's wisdom in counsel. Yes, there is. Absolutely. All right, so also some of the Asiarchs, and Asiarchs, so you got to think, like, this is in Asia Minor, right? So there's patriarchs, there's all these, it's just like they're they're kind of in, they're people of power and influence, uh, were, who, who were friends, uh, also some of the, who were friends of his, sent word to him repeatedly and urged him, not to venture into the theater. So these are people of influence that Paul has become friends with, saying, no, 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 don't go there. So it's not only the disciples, it's even just the, the people in power in the area telling him not to. So then some were shouting one thing and some another from the assembly was in confusion and the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. I just find it so funny. <laughs> so, so okay, when we in, in modern vernacular, you ever see when they get these uh, protests, particularly like the leftist protests and stuff like that, um, that are out there, and then they'll have a reporter asking, you know, so what? What are you asking? What are you standing for? And they don't have any reason. They just mm -hmm. heard. You know, someone put a post that, hey, we're all going here and we're doing this. And so mm -hmm. people just stand, they just go and they take part yes. and they'll be passionate about it, but they don't even know what they're passionate about. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the enemy is working on them through their emotion. That's right. And, and they're, they're, they're confusing. Well, they don't even know about spirit, let's be honest. But emotions can trick us and That's think. That's right. It's the spirit. So that's why one of the biggest things that we're going to talk about as we go through the new goggles is getting control of your emotions. That's right. Not easy, yep, folks. That's right. Yeah. And, and emotions actually stem from the mind, from the thoughts. What you think, it affects your emotions. It produces the emotion according to what you're thinking. So yeah. we got to got, got this here too. The gate but the gate of our mind, we have to discipline, take hold of the kind of thoughts that we have. If it doesn't edify, if it sinks you down to, to uh, out of faith, out of joy, 
it brings you into depression and anxiety, cut it. Got to cut it straight away. Don't let it build a nest over your head because the more you let it generate and build a nest, the more Satan will come and sit on it and make a pool out of it. He would, you know, manure. Yeah. And, and just here, here's a helpful hint. Uh, for those, and don't forget, I've got I've got two announcements that you have to stay around for. Okay, we're almost done the, but you want to hear these announcements? I'm telling you. Um. So here's a here's a quick hint: be slow to react. Yes, self control, gentleness, and self control. Huh? Maybe that's where we're going next. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. I wonder. <laughs> uh, okay so some of the crowd concluded it was Alexander since the Jews had put him forward and having mentioned motion with his hand Alexander was intending to make a defense to the assembly <coughs> excuse me but when they recognized that he was a Jew a single outcry arose from all of them who shouted for about two hours and I'm telling you, this is how hard the occult has to work. Can you imagine having to stand there for two hours and sing this song? Great is uh, Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Hey, uh, great. <laughs> like, come on. And you can't even make this interesting. You know, they're, they're chanting this for two hours. That's dedication. And these people don't even know God. How much more should we be doing? And this is conviction yes, on sir. myself, yeah. too. How much more should we? These are just people who didn't even know why they're there, but they join in in this chant. So why can't we get people who don't know why they're there to one of our meetings and have them saying, great is the Lord Jesus Christ who created this world and saved it by his blood. Amen. Amen. See, and I and I just that Amen. that's a song that's more than twice the length of the one they were singing. Way more interesting, and there's some power in it too. Amen. All right, that's sing right. it, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> Beulah, you have a beautiful voice as well. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. All right. So I after quieting the crowd, the town clerk said, "Men of Ephesus, what person is there?" After all, who does not know that the city of Ephesians is a guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and the image which fell down from the sky? Interesting, yeah? The image which fell down from the sky. I'm reading from the Amplified, and the Amplified says a sacred stone that fell from the sky. Ah, so this idol that they're worshiping is an idol of a demon that was cast out as lightning with a third of the heavenly hosts and the beast himself. So th this is, to me, more proof that when they talk about Zeus and Artemis, and, uh, and by the way, Artemis or Diana was the twin of Apollo, according to Greek mythology, right? So, um, you know, these, these are demonic entities that were cast out 
um, probably created some of the Nephilim and were treated as gods on earth and worshipped for this. But they're real. Let Make no mistake. This isn't just a statue, folks. There are entities and demonic powers behind this. How do you think a crowd of people who didn't weren't believers in anything joined in and had this spell cast upon them and they start saying, great is Artemis? Yes. It is, Does that it happen is by magic or by coincidence? I'd say magic, folks. Yes, it is a, a control over the realm of the atmosphere that toys with the emotions and the soul of men. It all begins up here and it flows down. And so mm -hmm. when, when we are not careful and when we entertain, sometimes we have fleeting thoughts into our mind that are not from the Lord. And if we are not careful and we let it fester, I don't know why, but there is an emphasis on this. Do not fester what will bring you down or what will cause you to be in anxiety or trap you in a state that cause you to spiral down. Take hold, take captive of that thought, cast it down in Jesus' name to the obedience of Christ. You have to do it. If you don't, it will just grow and grow and faster and faster. And then before you knew it, your whole emotions would be freaking out. Yep, so right. please take control, take hold. Take hold. Don't let anything come into your thoughts and play. Because what can the enemy do? He does not have power over you, right? You, you, you have the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are the son and daughter of the Most High God. You belong to him. The enemy has absolutely no uh, authority over you because that has been lost when Jesus rose from the grave. So he has no power whatsoever over you. And if he lets you think that he has power over you, that is a lie. And you can only give him power when, I mean, he can only have power when you give him the power by entertaining what he feeds into your mind. So stop that. Don't let it, don't let it fester. Take it out. If you say that, oh, but the thoughts keep coming, I, I do not know what to do. Ask the Lord, pray, give thanks, sing. Whatever you do, proclaim with your tongue the goodness of the Lord. In Philippians, it says that whatsoever is good, meditate on these things. Whatsoever is pure, whatsoever, give thanks, thanksgiving, things like this. Apply the word of God. What you read, read the book of Psalm, the Psalm of praise. Declare it, sing it, meditate on it, think about it, see yourself in it change and take power uh, take control over that thought and kick it out of your mind so that it has no foothold in your life the enemy does not have power over you unless you give it that's right so. amen amen so by the way i just realized my shirt is showing it so it says rebel with a cause and i'm, I'm wearing rebel and of course I'm, I'm not part of the rebellion of from the other side i'm rebelling re rebelling against the world in the name of jesus amen so amen. i want to make sure that's clear i just realized that rebel, i just see seeing rebel here as <laughs> i it might come across in the wrong way um and we don't want to give mixed messages so uh, the image fell down from the sky, and then verse 36, 
So since these are undeniable facts, this is the uh, the town clerk speaking, you ought to keep calm and not to do anything rash, for you have brought these men here who are neither temple robbers nor blasphemers of our goddess. So Paul wasn't speaking out against the goddess. He was just pointing to the truth. He was pointing to the way. He wasn't saying anything bad. He was being respectful of them. That's what that's telling me. So then, if Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have complaint against anyone, the courts are in session and proconsuls are available. Have them bring charges against one another. But if you want anything beyond this, it shall be settled in a lawful assembly. For indeed, we are in danger of being accused of a riot in connection with today's events, since there is no real reason for it. And in is this connection will be unable to account for this disorderly gathering. After saying this, he dismissed the assembly. So you know what? It brings in the town clerk, who I think is probably a friend of Paul's here, or has respect for him. But he gives a really good defense, uh, a neutral defense, and completely takes puts this whole thing to rest. Yep, that's right. Amen. And he almost like God ordained. Yep, just right. All it takes is one man. That's right. And he shut it up. Well, amen. And let the uh, reading of your word go forward. And uh, Beulah, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. Um, But before we do that, actually, I'll give it any final comment on this and then I'm going to give my announcements. Final comments, Angelina, on the scriptures? Nope, all covered. All right, Beulah? Go forth in Jesus' name, feast on the word, and be glad. Amen. All right, so here's my announcements. So the first one is that, uh, as I announced, I believe, on Thursday, that Sing and Poor Prayer Celebration will now be going to two nights as we have uh, some new leaders in our midst. And the first one on a Wednesday night, so Wednesday and Saturday nights are going to be the regular nights in which our prayers uh, sessions are held. And they're they're a lot of fun, folks. You should come and experience the Holy Spirit. Uh, and if you want to know, we're, we're, the scripture says all are called to prophesy and we gave out a definition of prophecy, uh, in this, if you want to know what's coming next, come to our prayers because we're, there's prophecy there. We're prophesying. We're lifting up the name of the Lord. And, uh, and by the way, the Lord kind of gave us the end of the book. So we know what's going to happen and we pray in his word and in his will. Uh, so that's going to happen Wednesday on telegram and i always can i always have the links in the description box so just go into the description box below uh go on to telegram and it's on the right on radio main channel is going to be it's a it's going to be you could just join the chat the link is usually posted about a half an hour before it starts in this case it's going to be posted much earlier uh this particular time and you can join us and you can you know raise your hand and have your uh you know your say and one of, that's one of the things that's really nice about it. And uh, when I do, for instance, on Podbean or something like that, we do call-in shows. A lot of people are kind of scared to to call in, but 
uh, really on Telegram, it's just a you're just talking to someone on the phone, right? So uh, it's a lot less intimidating than actually coming on to like a show on Podbean. So um, having said that, here's the other announcement. Prior to the Singapore prayer celebration on Wednesday of this week, and that's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so it'd be 5 o'clock Pacific and, you know, uh, 8 o'clock at night or in the morning in Singapore, for those listening in Singapore. Uh, however, right before that, I am going to do a chat on Telegram. You all are invited. Um, there's going to be some questions and there's going to be some topics of discussion. Essentially, it's going to be some housekeeping and some community. We're going to address things like exposing the truth. We're going to address, yeah, that's right, some uncomfortable topics. So if you want to, uh, if you disagree with some of the things we do, please join us. If you agree with some of the things we do, please join us. But we want you there. And we're gonna, it's gonna be an open discussion, folks. Everyone gets their say. And uh we're gonna invite you to come in. So I haven't decided whether I should do it at uh 6 30 p.m. or 7 p.m. Uh, I will decide that before I post the link. The link will be up a couple days beforehand, and then that same link may just carry on and go into the prayer, perhaps, or we'll start a new one. We'll decide that at the time. Uh, however, uh, I encourage you to join this uh, housekeeping type of uh, chat. And I know it'll be interesting. <laughs> I know it will be interesting. Uh, praise God. And uh, it's going to be good. So I want to thank everyone for being here. And uh, before we go, oh, you know what? I hate to do this on a Sunday, but I don't want people to be lost. I just, I'm just going to put this up on the screen real quick because um, I talk about it all the time. My Liberty Stand is now switchaway.com slash ROR. Link is in the description. Uh, just want, because if anyone went to My Liberty Stand, they, I don't want anyone to fall through the cracks. And so I have to keep reminding people of that. Um, all right. Why don't we, Beulah, let's close in prayer, please. Whatever's on your heart. Lord, you just want to thank you for your grace and mighty power and your love that knows no bound that you have extended towards us, Lord, and that you have been so patient with us that when we stumble and fall and Roll through, Father, the stumbling. Lord, your grace and your mercy is always reaching out, extending towards us. Your love for us is so far reaching, your mercy for us, and the patience, Lord, your loving kindness. And we are just beginning, Father, to even, we, 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 we are just knowing a little bit at the tip of the iceberg, God, but there is so much more to be learned and to be discovered of you. But I ask, oh Lord, that you put in us the desire that like Moses, God, who would step into your presence, who would step into the loud storms and the thundering God just to behold you, your presence, to hear your voice, to hear your words spoken unto us. 
most of all, Lord, just to be with you. As you have said to me, O oh Lord, that to share with the community, God, that your best times, your best moments to you, O oh Lord, is not with the great and mighty things that you do on the earth, but your best times and your best moments with us is when we spend time with you. Mm. Because that is your that is your communion and your fellowship with us. And in that place of intimacy with you, that is what you long for. And that is the reason that you sent your son. That is the reason when the Lord Jesus came and nailed himself and held himself onto the cross so that we can be restored to this fellowship with you. And when we come to you and spend time with you, even to sit just at your feet, just to sit before your presence and just give and put our mind and attention on you, just being with you, Lord, even in silence, that to you is your best moment. So, Lord, I just pray that you increase, increase in us the desire to know you, to grow you, and to, to walk closer, deeper, Father, and to never be satisfied at where we are. But that, Lord, to come in deeper waters with you so that we can grow to become more like you and to express the Father, as to express the Lord as the Lord Jesus has expressed the Father when he was on earth. So, Lord, every seed that has been spoken today, every word that has been spoken, Lord, through you, through your Holy Spirit, I ask that, that you seed them into the hearts of every hearer and every listener, that it will plow deep into their soil, Lord. Let it that be good soil, but hide it into them, God, so that the enemy cannot steal it away in Jesus' name. And water the seed. Let it grow forth and bear forth good fruits, Lord, so that it will become like a tree and many will nestle under it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Father, I just want to lift up the community that you surround us, Lord, with your everlasting love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to thank you, Angelina and uh, Beulah, for being here. This was uh, this was really, really, I've just, I, I really enjoyed doing this chapter with, with you both, and it was anointed, in my opinion. So thank, thank you very you, much. And uh, please like and share this uh, this episode. And uh, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference. Make a difference in your community. Community. Amen. <laughs>